What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, man? What up, Eric? How's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, it's been a, been a crazy weekend, but uh, before we start, be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK show, or just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom show on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. So All-Star Weekend here in Los Angeles was absolutely incredible. The The city was packed. Yeah. Everybody flocked here. Three-day weekend, too. Yeah, three-day weekend with the holiday. Uh, we're going to talk about everything that went down both on and off the court this weekend. With the All-Star Game in the rearview mirror now, uh, we look forward to the rest of the NBA season and the push for the playoffs. Tyler and I will also discuss uh, the, the top five moments we witnessed in sports, whether we were at the game or we saw it on TV. Uh, just just a little yep. personal personal anecdotes about some pretty cool sports moments yep. that have happened in our lifetime. But first, we have to start with some pretty big news from the world of men's college basketball. That is the punishment that was handed down on Tuesday to the University of Louisville men's basketball program after their appeal to the NCAA was denied. So, back in June, the NCAA announced that the men's basketball program at Louisville was to vacate all basketball records that ineligible student-athletes competed in from 2011 to 2015, stemming from that whole escort stripper scandal. So that means that 123 wins including 15 NCAA tournament wins, the 2012 Final Four appearance, and the 2013 National Championship will all be vacated. Uh, The program would also be on NCAA probation for four years. Uh, There were scholarship reductions, recruiting restrictions, a $5,000 fine. Um, They'd also have to forfeit all the money the school received from conference revenue sharing from the 2012 to 2015 NCAA tournaments, uh, which Louisville interim president Greg Postel said is probably less than a million dollars. I saw a figure uh, that was around like $600,000. I would have thought it had been a lot of money. Well, there are also some reports that it could be as much as $15 million. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't, we don't... Revenue sharing from events like that, I mean, there's just so much money being generated. Exactly. And so, they went to the Final Four two years in a row and a national championship win. Yeah, so, I mean, th- there's probably a lot of money it's that's going to be have to be forked over. Um, the school itself had a self-imposed uh, postseason ban for the 2015-2016 season. That was kind of their way of kind of smoothing oh, over yeah. Yeah, smoothing over the ice, I guess. Yeah. Try to take responsibility for it. But, I mean, clearly it, the punishment's going to be a lot worse now. Yeah. Um, so with the the appeal being denied, the University of Louisville 
men's basketball program will be the first program to vacate a national championship in the Final Four era, according to ESPN Stats and Info. This puts an end to the stripper escort scandal, but this might not be the end of the punishment coming towards Louisville and their men's basketball program. Obviously, we know that Louisville was a part of the FBI investigation that led to Rick Pitino being fired. And apparently that investigation, according to some sources uh, from ESPN, that investigation could affect as many as three dozen programs in Division One men's college basketball. What do, you, what do you make of all this, Tyler? It's uh, Well, first of all, it's super unfortunate because it's Rick Pitino is arguably – one of the greatest coaches in basketball history. He's looked at as that, yes. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, uh, like, legitimately one of the best coaches in basketball of all time, maybe top five, top ten. Uh, so to see a career kind of be tainted at the end of end of it, it, it always sucks. It reminds me of uh, Penn State. Yeah, Joe with Joe Paterno. Paterno. Yeah, you know, that's just a terrible way to end, like, such a great legacy. But the other, on the other hand, I mean, Louisville – I'm also kind of one of those cynical people who believes everyone was doing what Louisville's doing. Oh, uh, yeah. They're just the first, uh, which this could really be a domino effect. We could see a lot of big-time programs go down and college basketball kind of change. A lot of respect, respected coaches could, could be going down, too. I mean, just going to all those schools and major conferences, I think they're all doing stuff like this. I mean, in reality, um, I just think a lot of this stuff's going on. And, and we could see p- teams like – North Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas and Texas yeah, and USC and all these teams, um, they could all go down for this kind of stuff. So it's unfortunate that Louisville got caught. Um, I don't think they were necessarily doing anything to gain a competitive advantage. Uh, I think they were doing stuff that everybody else was doing. But that team was great. Uh, they won the games. Uh, it sucks that they get it, get it stripping, yeah, stripped away. Yeah, no, I saw I saw a couple of, uh, couple of players from that team on social media – Saying like, I know uh, Kevin Ware, who yeah. uh, who was uh, infamous for snapping his leg yeah. uh, earlier in that uh, tourney run. Um, he tweeted out, "I still got my fat ass ring at home. Like, yeah, it, you can't take anything away from me and my boys and what we did that year." Yeah, hopefully they don't take away the rings. Well, I mean, I don't think they're gonna have to give their rings back. I think but... Bush had to give the, the the Heisman back. Well, I think that's a little bit of a different. No, situation yeah and it is and uh you know Peyton Siva shout out to Seattle kid was on that team that's yeah. just too bad that's Peyton Siva Russ Smith yeah Kevin Ware Montrez Montrezel Harrell was on that team yeah so no it's uh, it sucks that they're the ones that get caught because I don't I they were what they were doing is wrong and it's cheating but um on the other hand I think most major programs are doing this yeah. So it sucks that they got caught. Louisville is a great basketball program. Rick Pitino is one of the all-time great coaches. Um, it's just it's now, unfortunate that, now they for got Louisville. an asterisk next to them. Yeah. No. Forever. Just like USC football. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, what's what's going to happen. The competitive advantage is gained with like this is where all the money and the big conference stuff comes into play because I think the big conferences are doing this kind of stuff. It's the mid-major schools that are trying to, you know, make runs in the tournament and, and be competitive with these bigger schools. Um, they're the ones that are like, you know, they they might be doing little stuff, but it's nothing Definitely like, not on the scale not, that these big not, programs not, are. Not stripper escort type of stuff, no. I don't think. So, um, 
and, and that's a you know that's that's recruiting. So uh, we could see recruiting change and basketball oh, change. It's a hundred percent change. I mean, especially because at the same time, I think the age limit's going to change. So college basketball, we could sh- see a huge shift. Yeah. If uh, they if the FBI and all and NCAA start looking into this kind of stuff more. And it's really it's really crazy to think about this, but I mean, I was. I can't believe I'm bringing it up, but like I was watching uh, Ball in the Family, the the Ball Family's reality show yeah. on Facebook, and this past the newest episode had Lavar's announcement of the JBA mm-hmm. uh, in it, and yeah. I mean this is exactly the kind of thing that Lavar Ball is trying to yeah. use to an advantage, almost not not like the illegal like strippers and escorts and all of that, but like paying these kids. No, yeah, I, th- I mean I could. The NCAA is like a whole conversation in itself. I mean, I think they're just as big of crooks as anybody. They're taking, oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, taking it's... advantage of kids, basically. So, uh, yeah, that's a whole other rabbit hole to dive down. But it's <laughs> it's it. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with all of this stuff. Um, yeah. The the landscape of basketball, as far as like getting to the NBA, could change. Oh, hundred percent. NCAA could change. The way you get there could change. The age limits might change. So. It's going to be interesting. To yeah, see. I mean, when when it finally does come down on what this FBI investigation really found out and what it really uncovered about the corruption in men's basketball and the and in the NCAA itself, it's, yeah. it's going to be shell shocking. Yeah, I mean, if there really is thirty six programs that the FBI has like looked into, it could be not good coming back. Oh, uh, that, I mean, for I, sure. I think if you were to dig in to almost any of those programs, you're probably going to find something. Yeah. But all in all, I mean, I think basketball fans still give Louisville that team the respect of the national championship. Oh, I mean, they're and and I and I don't think anything less of Rick Pitino. Um, Louisville just—it's unfortunate they're the ones that got busted first. Yeah, it's it's crazy that. Um, he has that tattoo on his his back yeah, shoulder. Yeah, such a funny. It looks like a Photoshop picture. Yeah, but I mean, the NCAA can vacate these wins. They can force the university to take the banner uh, for that championship down. But the internet never lies. You no, look up 2013 NCAA national championship. It's going to be a story, though. Like, yeah, you'd have to look it up. That's the thing. Our generation will always know, but the next couple generations. Um, that's where they lose. That's where they lose them. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You're not going to see the the history is not going to see you as a national champion, which is unfortunate. But in their lifetimes, they're always going to be remembered yeah, as champions. Exactly. But if if you go on Google Images and type in 2013 NCAA yeah. bas- basketball championship, you'll see yeah, University gonna, of Louisville right there raising yeah for now the trophy. Yeah, for now. So it, it'll will it'll change though. It'll be a story. It'll be like it should have been these people, but. <laughs> they were the ones that that started this whole scandal, you know. Yeah. The NCAA. But anyway, I, th- I figured we should start with one of the big bigger news stories yeah. of the day. And first first team ever stripped of a national title. That's crazy. Yeah, f- first basketball team in men's in basketball. final four history. Yeah, right? in the final four era. Yeah. To have a championship stripped from them, it's crazy. Yeah. No, that's that monumental. Yeah, it is. It, it could, like like we said, it could start something crazy. Yeah. Um. So now we'll transition. To the pros, the ones who actually get paid. Yeah. Uh, All-Star weekend here in Los Angeles was absolutely incredible. Another great weekend for the NBA. Always killing it. Yeah. Such an awesome league. 
Yeah, oh, I, lo- I love the way they run their league. It's, it's just so much more fun, so much more relaxed than the NFL is. Yeah, it's the it's the best league in sports. It's yeah. the most progressive. It's yeah. they really listen. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I and I like Adam Silver as well. Oh, and he's he's, he's the he's best commissioner a, in sports, and he's doing a great job. So um, they're they're also got you know concerts everywhere. I mean, there's yeah. there's parties everywhere in LA. It's a uh, it's a great it's a great time. So speaking speaking of the parties and and the concerts, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to work a couple of events we this go. weekend uh for work for iHeartMedia. Uh so Friday for Real 923, the hip hop station out here in LA. Uh I was with DJ Charisma and a couple of other of my promotions coworkers at Kenny the Jet Smith's All-Star Party. Yep, shout uh, out the Tar Heel. Yeah, out at the Paramount Pictures lot. And we were there. It was a great time. A lot of celebrities. Yeah. A lot of basketball players. Yeah, an all-star weekend in L.A. is insane. Oh, I mean, I heard multiple people say it just needs to be in L.A. every year. Yeah, and and it was uh, – and Black Panther came yeah. out. I mean, oh. it was just a monster weekend from, uh, for L.A. Yeah. Everything I heard was just insane. Business was crazy. The bars were crazy. Oh, um, they were good time, packed. Good time to be in L.A. But at, at this party, there was – I got to take a picture with Andre Drummond. Paul Pierce denied me for a picture. <laughs> um, Chris Webber was there. Ron Harper was there. Mark Jackson was there. Yeah. Too Short was there. It's a good party. L- Ludacris performed. Apparently, Beyonce came a little later after me and uh, my coworkers left. Uh, it, was, it was a fun night. Yeah. That, and then Saturday, I was at the Adidas 747 warehouse – which is uh, American Apparel had this warehouse in downtown L.A., and then when they went under, obviously the, the building went vacant. So Adidas rented out this warehouse and the parking lot adjacent to it and all of that, and they set up this kind of little mini festival. And, I mean, Saturday I was there. Lil Uzi Vert performed. 21 Savage performed. Playboy Cardi yeah, performed. Uh, Kid Cudi yeah, there performed. There crazy performances just everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And then, uh, yeah, so I got to see Kid Cudi perform. He brought out Kanye. They did a song together. Uh, I got to see Childish Gambino perform, which I didn't really realize the significance of that until after because apparently he He's hadn't. retired. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he almost quit music like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was under the assumption is that he was done being Childish Gambino. Yeah, so, I mean, he hasn't done a show in like a year and a half, two years, and then like the next show he's doing is like some festival in Europe. But, like, he doesn't yeah. really do performances, especially in the States anymore. Oh, and he's a beast. Yeah, it was really dope to see him perform. Um, he does it all. Yeah. And then Sunday, I was at this, like, Jordan pop-up event uh, that was a collab with Jordan Brand and Interscope Records. And that was really cool to be at. Good collab. Yeah, really cool collab. <laughs> Uh, I got to see a, a lot of dope exclusive Jordans that were coming out this weekend. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, and so All Star weekend, weekend yeah. was. It I mean it was w- the first time I got to participate really in an All Star weekend because the last time the All Star game was in L A. I was a junior in high school, like I couldn't really do yeah, anything. That was a while ago now. Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like it's always in L A. <laughs> yeah. So now that was all off the court stuff. Yep. But on the court, let's st- let's start with Friday night. Let's just go through the whole weekend. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Uh, so Friday night was the Rising Stars game. The it was Team World versus Team USA. That's a you know, that's a, such a sweet game. That game's awesome. Oh so. yeah. 
So that's a good little mix of talent, just seeing like kind of the future stars out there uh, playing against each other. Oh, and I guarantee at least six or seven of these guys will be all stars in the next three, four years. Yep. So Team World ended up kicking Team USA's ass, yeah. 155 to 124. The MVP of the game was uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic. I really just butchered that yeah, name. He's the man. Uh, 26 points, six assists, four rebounds, nine of 16 from the field. Seven of thirteen from the three-point yeah, line. Trays. Uh, he's from the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, Lonzo Ball didn't play in the game because of mm-hmm. injury. F- interesting that De'Aaron Fox replaced him. Yeah. So yeah. we got his, the Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox his dynamic. Bu- his buddy. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had twenty points, seven rebounds, and two assists, and he shot fifty percent from the field. So it was a good showing by Kuz, Kuz for yeah. the Lakers. Uh, Brandon Ingram, not so much. He only had eight points, but he was four or six from the field. So that's yeah. cool. He played okay. Yeah. The top scorer for Team USA in the game was Jalen Brown. He had a double-double. He had 35 points and 10 rebounds as a shooting guard. Yeah, that's crazy. And the top scorer for Team World was Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings with 29 points. Yeah, the World team's questionable with their world part <laughs> of it. but Well, you can't, you can't consider, like, the Canadian yeah. players part yeah. of no. the U.S. No, no. It's the ones that, like uh, – well, Buddy that, Heald's from Jamaica. Yeah, the ones that you say, like, did it, did he ever live in Jamaica? Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, he went to high school. He went to high school from in Australia, Australia, where it's like they grew up. Is it? They yeah, grew Ben up, Simmons. Kind like, of, yeah, because he went to high school in Chicago. But so did Buddy right? Heald. But I'm pretty sure yeah. Buddy Heald went to high school in. Yeah, that's where the it's States. like. Yeah, it's weird. But I guess if they grow up there before that, it's legit. Yeah, but I mean, it was a good game. It was entertaining. Um, we were talking yeah. about it in the car on the way over. That yeah. John Collins lob. Yeah, the John Collins lob was the play. Though. That was I was like, oh my god! There, I mean, it was an was awful a, pass. Yeah, terrible pass. Just lobs it up. Insane athleticism from Collins. I have never seen. I I just hadn't seen him make a play like that before. He, but I also don't watch him play that much. But he's also one of those more underrated rookies who's having a much better. He's having a great year. Yeah, he's having a much better year than anticipated. Yeah, no, they're stoked about him. Um, now moving to Saturday. We had the Skills Challenge three-point contest and the dunk contest. The Skills Challenge, we didn't really cover when we covered the, the dunk contest and the three-point contest uh, a couple weeks ago. But Spencer Dinwiddie, local guy yep. from, from Taft High School. Yep. Dinwiddie, uh, he's I, great. Yeah, I remember watching him play in high school. He's only a year older than I am. So it was pretty cool to see a local guy win mm-hmm. uh, the Skills competition and also having All-Star Weekend be in his hometown. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he had a lot of family no, and friends. I think that's there. why he went out there and he tried to win. I mean, skills oh, yeah. challenge is kind of you know. I I still think that's like an event they need to work on or drop. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one. I like how they because I like the idea of it, but they need to get they need to think outside the box with it. You know what I mean? They need to bring in something that's kind of well. I think unconventional. I, I think that's I think that's what they kind of started to do the past couple of years when they've been mixing in big guys. the big guys with the little guys doing yeah. like. The power forwards and the centers versus the smaller guys, yep. because these bigger guys in the NBA are they're becoming so skilled. more yeah. skilled. So. No, that's what I mean. They're working on it, but it's just not quite there yet. It's still, I think, the worst event. I, I still like oh. the celebrity game over that. Oh, I'd much rather watch the celebrity game yeah. over the skills challenge. Yeah, celebrity game is funny. Hey, shout out Quavo taking home the MVP of the celebrity game. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. it's so. <laughs> Did funny. you see? You saw him block uh, Rachel. Yeah, gosh, just <laughs> the girl the from shit. 2K, yeah, just who is yeah, just gorgeous. If she was Jewish, I'd marry her tomorrow. (laughs) That's hilarious. She is my wife. She's a girl who can ball. She's beautiful. 
That's just funny. missing the Jewish part. That's funny. Yeah, she got she got taken down. <laughs> but he was also I just feel like he was just trying trying to get that MVP. Oh yeah. And but I mean he's a good athlete. Yeah. No, he's a he is a good athlete. He's lefty. So he kept finishing his left. He he finished. Yeah. Uh, I think he finished two layups on the right side of the basket with his left hand, though. And I was just like, "Come on, man, use your right hand." I'll, I'll, <laughs> let's see the offhand a little bit. It was dope. He Maybe he doesn't number. have an offhand. It, it was dope. They rocked ninety-one, though. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then the three-point contest. Uh, it was Devin Booker and Clay Thompson in the finals. I had Clay Thompson winning uh, when, when we did our little prediction for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Devin Booker came out on fire and set the record for most points in a three-point contest with 28 to take on the trophy. So that was yep. really fun to watch. Yep. Got hot. And well, I think he only missed – I mean, I think he only missed one uh, uh, one ball on four racks and then one perfect crack. Yeah. And so really just solid across the board. Didn't really? Oh, yeah. And he's just, he's just a pure scorer. Yeah, he has a – he's uh, efficient with his body, too. He barely got off the ground. He just kind of has all – it's all wrist. Yeah. They were talking about his backspin while the you know while the contest is going <laughs> on. It was insane. Yeah, uh, it sucks. Paul Paul George had an awful showing. Yeah, but yeah, I just didn't really think he was. He, he was one of those guys I didn't really think that was uh, set made for that. But no, he's, he's not more a, of a scorer. Yeah, he's not really a three point shooter, especially a three point contest shooter. Yeah, no, he's more of a scorer. Yeah, and then obviously everyone's favorite mm-hmm. event, the dunk contest. It was Donovan. It's been getting better the last couple of years. It's been they've been getting crafty. Yeah, I think the the I think showing off your athleticism by you know the 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 kind of the windmill twerking action mm-hmm. is the way to go now. Yeah, um, just and I'm just still surprised no one's tried the 720 yet. Only Mr. 720 from the N1 mixtape, man. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one I've ever seen pull off 720. Is it half man, half amazing? No, Mr. 720. That was his nickname. No. I, oh a, yeah, it was half man, half amazing. Yeah, he, that was his, his nick, half man, half amazing. And then once he yeah, did the once dunk, he did it, yeah, he was Mister Seven Twenty. But no, the the dunk contest has been getting good lately. It's too bad. Um, it's too bad Zach Levine was like had a leg injury because um, his performance in dunk contest was one of the best. I'd yeah, seen in a while. and Aaron Gordon had to pull out because of his hip. And Aaron Gordon's another one. Yep, both those guys. But it was Donovan Mitchell and Larry Nance Jr. in the final. And don't get me wrong, Donovan Mitchell put on a great performance, but Larry Nance Jr. got robbed. Yeah, there it was a great uh, it was a great performance by everyone. I think they showed out, gave the people what they want. Oladipo came out with the Black Panther mask. I think that was yeah, dope. that was cool. Uh, and the dunk that he did is insanely hard. Yeah, it's he, just it's just not flashy. Yeah, I mean, he dude, cocked it he back has and a whole tomahawk. He has a whole tomahawk and then kind of gives a little pump on the side. So he's basically doing two dunks uh, with a mask on. And then Dennis Smith's uh, between the legs kind of cork, 360 corkscrew. Yeah, that reverse 360 East Bay was dope. That was smooth. I mean, that's like – He just, missed it the first time, but yeah, then he, yeah. he he got it on the second yeah, that, try. Yeah, that, that dunk was just smooth. I mean, that's, that's super, super hard to do. But, I mean, the lob that Larry Nance Jr. caught from his dad – at he caught it at like its highest point. Mm-hmm. He windmilled the entire yeah. thing, and then the double tap, double tap off the backboard. The double tap was dope. That was sick. I, yeah. I liked that one. That was a good, uh, good mix in. Yeah, but I think those two dunks in the final round were better than Donovan Mitchell's off the backboard, kind of half windmill, but he caught it one handed, so that was cool. Yeah, 
Um, and then the reverse windmill with the homage to Vince Carter with the yeah. jersey and the celebration after. No, it's, I it's, just think Larry put on better dunks. Yeah, it's too bad that a dunk that won the dunk contest already is being used again. It's kind of a uh, and but he did it. I mean, he did it step for step on he, on point. Yeah, it, it was clean. But but Vince got up higher. A his windmill was better, and he's a bigger guy too. Yeah. Just so like the arm length just looks. That's the greatest. No one's touching Vince in that, that yeah. contest. No. But uh but but Mitchell did a good job. Uh I think Dan should have won as well. Yeah, but we were also both right when yeah. it came to yep. predicting. Yep. I said Larry was gonna do the cradle dunk yeah. and you didn't think so, but I you didn't. you thought he was gonna at least come out in the jersey and he came out full uniform, yeah. short shorts, yeah. high socks, everything. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it was smart for Oladipo and Dennis Smith not to do the Jersey thing. I think the dirt Jersey thing needs to be done now. Oh, yeah. I think it's overplayed now. I think Larry Nance was a good one to end it on. Donovan Mitchell is iffy pulling out the Vince jersey. It was not even the right Vince jersey, by the way. No, it wasn't. That, that That's what so really it's pissed just me like, off. Okay, you know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it the details, man. Come yeah, on. it wasn't even the right Vince so, jersey. So I think, the, I think the jersey thing needs to be retired for only just, like, special events. There shouldn't be one or two jerseys every dunk contest. It's, it's getting a little out of control. Yeah. But now I will say, like Nance had a legit, you know. Oh yeah, he had a great performance, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be in the and dunk his contest dad, again. His dad being in the dunk contest is just like that gives him the pass. Oh yeah, but also I will say though I liked Dwight Howard's double tap off the backboard. Yeah, more well, than I yeah, liked yeah. Larry Nance's. Yeah, doing it doing it two handed uh, or doing it two handed versus one hand. Dwight's doing it one handed. Yeah, looks, Dwight looks did it other and hand. It, yeah, and yeah, and it, and you see the flailing. You know, just the more your like arms and legs are kind of all over the place because their legs and arms are so long. The more acrobatic lo- stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what that was. That's what looks good. So both great double taps though. Yeah, no, Larry's was crazy, and he even. I, I remember watching it, the replay of it, because I wasn't home to see it live. But he said, you guys need to see that dunk again on replay before you score it. And when they started, when TNT started playing the replay, everybody was going nuts. Yeah. It's good. It was a good dunk. Another good dunk contest. Not yeah. quite as good as last year's, but another good And definitely one. not quite as good as two years ago. Was that the Levine and Aaron Gordon one? I'm pretty sure two years. Yeah, two years ago it was Levine Gordon because last year Levine tore his ACL. Who who won the dunk contest last year? I don't remember now. I can't remember. Yeah, I I thought for some reason I thought the Levine and Gordon one was last year. No, I'm pretty. No, it was two years ago. I'm pretty two years sure. ago. Okay. Yeah, and then Sunday, <clears throat> and then Sunday, obviously the grand finale. Yeah, the All Star game. Team, team LeBron versus Team Steph. I loved LeBron's starting lineup because I was right. Russ started, and so we had a Russ, KD, Kyrie, LeBron starting lineup, and then Ant Davis uh, rocked Boogie's jersey, which I thought was dope. I I thought it was cool, but just like, because they're Kentucky guys, and it is just like Demarcus has been so good. He's been such so, so on the brink of breaking through that it's really bad. You know, it's too bad that this happened. But it made it seem like Boogie Cousins died. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I get, I get, yeah, no, I guess it, it does seem a little dramatic. But uh, it but was no, cool. it I, was I thought, cool. I thought it was cool. That's something it's, I would have done. I yeah, feel it's like a, that's, it's a homie, that's why it's a homie move. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're paying 
paying tribute to your brother who who can't be there. Mm-hmm. Well, he was at the game, but yeah. like he couldn't play. And it's also funny because like John Wall was hurt too, but he didn't rock John Wall's jersey. So I got I got to plus the you know their yeah, teammates. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're the teammates now. You know, but so Team LeBron one forty eight, Team Steph one forty five. LeBron James got his third All Star MVP. Almost had a triple-double, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Was LeBron the one that threw the, the big bounce pass? Yes. Me? God, that was that was dope. Yeah. That was like it no was, hezzy to Ant Davis, right? Er, yeah, yeah, yeah. Er, yeah. Yeah, it was LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russ threw, it, Russ threw it to LeBron. LeBron bounced it. Yeah, oh, man, that play was – that was sick. That, that was, was in the first play. quarter. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he just no hesitation caught it at the three-point line and just yeah. bounce passes it. Damn near off the elbow to Ant Davis. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was really cool to see KD, Russ, LeBron, Kyrie yep. all on the same team. Yep. And KD said – he was asked about, like, his and Russ's relationship now, and he even admitted he kind of messed up and got in his own head about everything and kind of forced – a rivalry between it. So I think they're good now. Like you saw them. I saw a couple of clips on social media of them, like kind of playing around talking. Yeah. Time, um, time will heal all. I mean, yeah. they, these guys are superstars and they're being pulled in so many directions. And most, uh, there's so much money being thrown their way. There's so much legacy that they have to think as an individual. They can't think, you know, about other people. They got to think about themselves and their family. So that, right. uh, you know, it's not like these guys hate each other. Um, I think time is where, it heals everything. I mean, you see, like the Penny and Shaq thing. You know, yeah, that was Kobe like, and Shaq. Yeah, Kobe and Sh- yeah, which Same that's thing. like the one that is I'm always iffy about. But they they play it off well. They're showmen. No, I think I think they're good now. Yeah, I think they understand what they did together. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, and, and that's where the respect. respect did you lies. Did you watch the Shaq Kobe players only thing? Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, it's great. Their their story is great. I mean. Two alpha dogs. Yeah. Shaq always says you'd have to have Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain to beat them. 100%. Yeah. But anyway, back to the, back to the All-Star game. Yeah. The, the Jimmy Butler DNP coach's decision thing is weird to me. Yeah, super weird. He Apparently he told Mike D'Antoni before the game he was either feeling under the weather or something, but he was basically like, don't worry about playing me. Yeah. And then – you see, after the game, Lou Will going at Jimmy Butler on Twitter. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's players that probably would have wanted to play in that game. Oh, hundred percent. To just not want, you know, hundred percent. But so, what what did you think overall with having watched the game? With the I new think it format? worked out. I think it worked out. Um, I think the NBA is still, like I said, they're just they do the right stuff. They're always trying to push. Uh, there's some things I think that will change in the All Star game eventually, uh, just because. They're always going to try and make it more competitive and more fun to watch, but I mean, I think this the whole I think the whole captains thing worked out. I kind of like it. Um, I also like the idea of televising the draft next year. Yep. Um, I also like the idea of maybe going to just twenty four all stars instead of like conference based. Yeah. You know that that could be really that's, cool. That's what they did this year. Well, no, I mean like it doesn't. You don't get twelve and twelve. It's like. Oh, just 24. 24 it could be 20 guys from yeah, the West and yeah. four guys from the East, I yep. think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that could be and, interesting. And I, and I also I also think like it there should be le- there should be more people voted in by the fans cuz it's the fans game. Um, yeah. I still think the coaches ultimately should get a, a couple it, spots to put it just to leave just just in case those guys that aren't necessarily well liked or big names, they still have a shot if they're having that good of a season. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I mean, I like I like the All Star Game. It, it went down to the last play. Uh, yeah. LeBron gets MVP. 
great for the NBA. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was a great game. I like that it got competitive in the fourth and it came down to the last second. But I still think last year's game was more enjoyable to watch because of the high scoring, the more acrobatic lobs. And I ducks. also liked uh, th- this was the other thing I, for- I forgot about this really quick is uh, I saw a bunch of different defenses thrown out there. Yeah, they were tra- oh, yeah. they were trapping a bunch. They were playing zone. Um, those are the kind of things I think that the NBA will play with. Maybe we see it. You know, one one that I've always just wished would happen um, is go to a shorter shot clock. Maybe do like a ten second shot clock. I think That'd in an all star game, it would be a lot of fun to see how many points these guys can really rack up. Considering the fact that no one's like playing defense anyways, you might as well just get more offense out of these guys. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, push this game. See if you can get two hundred. Yeah, I mean, I I tweeted it out during the game. Like, when it was at halftime, I tweeted it out. I thought that last year's game was more enjoyable when both teams were closer to 100 points at halftime than this year when they were in, like, the 70s. I think you can do some things. It would be a lot of fun. I think the players would enjoy it. If the the NBA players got to play in a game where there's a 10-second shot clock, that could be a lot of fun. Maybe you put it at 24 with the last two minutes of the game or something like that. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah. Like I said, the NBA is awesome, and, and I think this was another good move. Yeah, and I mean, what what I love about the NBA, basketball as a sport, and really the NBA All-Star game as its own game, is that down to its simplest form, the All-Star game is the same as every other five-on-five basketball game ever played. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Not, it's not like the Pro Bowl where players have to worry about hitting too hard, no, no, worrying no. about the physical it's aspect. Basically an open gym. Yeah, it's not, it, or it's not like the MLB All-Star game where you got a new pitcher coming in every inning. Yeah, yeah. That's... Or you have players only playing one or two innings. It's, at its core, a five-on-five basketball game. Yeah, exactly. No, the All-Star, All-Star weekend's always been a great weekend. It's nothing – I don't put the, the Pro Bowl even in the same oh, universe not as even the All-Star close. weekend. And every fan from young guys to, to you know, guys I hang out with now, and I'm sure older, love All-Star Weekend. There's yeah. a bunch of good stuff. So we're both in favor of televising the draft. The draft. For if, sure. if they're to keep the same team captains format for next season. With all this, you know, how they say the NBA is getting petty and just all the – Yeah. Know, we're kind of getting back to the whole, like, uh, rivals and not liking certain type of – you know, people taking sides. It's fun to add that little drama in, and I think a draft would have been, would have been great for to for people to see him take Kyrie. And know? we ended up finding out basically when everybody was picked. Like we know Russell was one of the last picks, for, or was the last pick from the starters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Russell wasn't yeah, a starter. Yeah, exactly. He yeah, when yeah. the list came out, he thought he was picked last because it was an alphabetical order yeah so yeah. he got pissed off went out and got a triple double that game yeah um but i heard a lot of people including players say instead of even televising the draft well in addition to televising the draft line everybody up at yeah. half court just like pe back in the right day. before the game or even saturday right before the practice starts line everybody up at half court and just oh do yeah it there. absolutely dodgeball style or, that would or be pick up you know kickball style wherever you you know that that old school pe like yeah that would last, be dope it'd be it'd be sweet and it'd be awesome because you know you're gonna see you can see favorites and you can see uh, eventually i would like to see someone get super salty and like not take someone yeah you know what I mean? Just be like, I know that, you know, if KD was the captain, he's like, Russell is still available, at like, super late, and he still keeps passing on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that'd be – that's good TV. Yeah. But another idea – That'd be sick. Another idea that I heard to change the all-star format 
was I heard people advocating for a three-on-three tournament that starts Friday and culminates on Sunday with eight teams of three. So still keeping the 24 All-Stars, but eight teams of three, a three-on-three tournament starting Friday to Sunday. I'm not a fan of it because three-on-three is so fundamentally different than five-on-five basketball. And I'd be more for like every team gets this. Every NBA team sends over a three on three team. Like you got all your guys that are participating. You're all that'd be interesting. And then it's like okay, this is the Clippers three on three team. This is the Grizzlies three on three team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have one big tournament. Yeah. You know, lose, you're out. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's just too many games. Yeah, but like like I was saying earlier, at its core, the NBA All Star Game is just like every other five on five basketball mm-hmm. game played. Mm-hmm. The NBA is a five on five league. The All Star Game should be five on five. Yeah, you, you you could see something like them extending the three point line. Yeah, you know you could do fun stuff, four pointer in the game. You know you could do something cool with it, um, and I think the NBA will. It's it's it, they they keep making it better. It hasn't. It's never gotten worse. The dunk no. contest slipped off for a little bit for a couple of years, and they took it away for a while. Um, and and you know that that was the event that's like kind of suffered, but now I think it's okay. Yeah. So I mean. As a whole, All-Star Weekend was a great time here in Los Angeles. There were so many different crazy events that people went to. And the entertainment that we saw on TV, even though I did see an article where it said All-Star Game ratings were down a little bit from last year, I think overall the entertainment of this year compared to last year was better. Yeah, I agree. So now uh, we'll jump into – the rest of the NBA season, and we only got, like, what, 27 games left? Yeah, we're getting down to the, the best part of the season. Yeah, the, it's really it's coming. playoff time. Yeah, it's, it's coming runs. to the push now. Um, the Cavs need to get it together quickly with their new additions if they really want to make a push in the East. They're sitting in the third seed right now. I'm like, more confident with, in Cleveland than I was, you know, two weeks ago, but they oh, still yeah. have work to do. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of work to do. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see if they can. they got a lot of games to make up. Yeah, they have a lot of games to make up, and Toronto and Boston really have to lose some games for them to jump up a couple couple yeah. spots. Yep. Uh, also, Lonzo Ball should be returning to the Lakers on Friday. Uh, he's missed 15 games in a row with that uh, knee injury. They're, the Lakers, they're only eight games out of the eight seed right now. New Orleans, the Clippers, and Utah, they're all within like a game of each other. Uh, it's like a game or two in between each of them uh, with the Pelicans currently in the eighth seed. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. We know Corey thinks the Lakers are going to somehow make it to the eighth seed. Yeah, We I don't mean, see they, it happening. If they won 18 more games, that'd be incredible. They need to go 19 and, 19 and 6 in their final. At a minimum. To go 42 and 40, they need to yeah. go 19 and it's 6. That's basically a minimum to get to the playoffs. But it could happen. I've seen crazier things happen. I've seen crazier. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for Lonzo to get back on the court and play with IT and see see what's going on yeah. there. And uh, The Lakers still the, – this season, uh, like we talked about in the last episode, is just so good for the Lakers because it's all development for the future. Exactly. We get to just – we basically just get to enjoy this season. We don't have to worry about tanking because we don't have to worry about draft position. Because it's so, not in our control. Yeah, so make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. You know, I think setting a goal of like 35 wins, which I think is the number we talked about before the season that's, started. That's the number I've been saying this entire time. Yeah, I think, and I think that was a good number. Uh, and they're like right on pace for that. So, yeah, they're at 23 uh, right now. 
we got we got a couple of players that are playing for contracts, so they're going to be playing hard. Uh, we got our young core of guys uh, that are still developing. Uh, it's going to be going to be a fun time for the Lakers. I ho- hopefully it's good. I think the number one thing is they're just still learning how to win. So if Lonzo comes back and they can win, you know, twelve more games and get to that thirty-five win mark, that'd be that'd be nice. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be I'd super happy with that. Uh, I'd I'd be happy with it, and it's crazy to think, but I'd consider thirty-five wins this season a success. Absolutely, and especially with Lonzo missing fifteen games. Yeah. Well, he's missed more than 15 games. He's just missed 15 in a 15, row. Yeah, the last 15, this little stretch here, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, also in the West, the Warriors and Rockets, they keep swapping between first and second in the West. Yep. Uh, it's going to be yep. fun. It's going to be really fun to see if Houston can stay After on top. After the All-Star break, is the, it's different, though. You know what I mean? It's Every every year, there's there's teams that drop, and there's teams that get hot. Um Hundred percent. This is this is a good. This is a big break from practicing every day and playing because this NBA schedule is so rigorous. We don't have NBA games till Thursday, and I'm like dying over here. Yeah, no, but it's it's a good break for them. Seven days is a long time considering normally they're not even getting a whole day of rest ever. Yeah, I mean, um, so it, we'll see who's hot coming off the break. Can can Houston keep it up? Can teams like Utah? They were ten and zero, so that. For Utah, it could have been this could have been a negative thing, you know, to hit this break at this hot point. Yeah, um, especially it, with it all the cool moves some, they made too. Yeah, it could cool some people off. It's teams like Detroit. I think it's going to help Detroit. It's the older teams like Cleveland. This is probably going to help them. Yep. Um, and it's it's also crazy because I think yeah, Golden State's going to get the the number one seed. So do I. Yeah. But it's also you bring you bring up the All Star break and what it does to teams. It used to never be. Teams no. get a whole week off. No, no, but I think it's good. I mean, no, I, I think I, it's good too that they get a week off. Yeah, especially with the whole festivities of like three days in LA. I, oh I think yeah, that's, it's not really a break for LeBron. You know what I mean? No, because they're doing stuff and they're yeah. out late. But like every San, night. but San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Golden State. Um, I think they are going to value this rest and this time to get ready to go. Oh, hundred percent. Whereas, like the teams that are just trying to stay hot and keep momentum, it's tough. Like, like New Orleans, New Orleans, I think is going to be the team where they have like a terrible, like a five and twenty after the All Star break type of. Record. I saw, I saw a quote earlier today. Maybe not from, that bad, but quote, yeah, I saw a quote earlier today from Anthony Davis saying he thought that before the boogie injury, they could go to the finals because of how good they were playing. They were playing really, really well, and no one, no, no one's one was really, really talking about. No them. one's really built for that either. As far as like playing against them, um, I think Ant- the only the only because, other team really because built. Ant Davis is just like, yo, your big guy has to play boogie. Yeah, so it's just like I'm just out here torching these either stretch fours, I mean, or these undersized guys. Um, the, like I'm looking at the rest of these playoff teams, and the the people they have at power forward, it's like Ant Davis is just gonna yeah. Eat. The the Lakers played the Pelicans right before the All Star break, and Anthony Davis had 32 points at halftime. He's a special player for sure, but unfortunately, I think he's gonna. They're gonna be, you know, not in this playoff. Race. Yeah, but I mean, also the other two super teams in the West, Minnesota and OK Three, uh, they have a lot at stake. They, it's gonna be interesting to see where it's they all seeding. Yeah, yeah they want they want home court advantage. That they're desperate for home court advantage. And both both those teams have a very good home court advantage. Yeah, yeah, no, they they need it. They yeah, have, they have to get it. That's what all these all these mid teams. I mean, Golden State. Houston, they don't necessarily need home court advantage. I mean, it helps them because they have great home courts, but they have great home courts because they're great basketball teams. Exactly. These other teams, uh, you know, like Minnesota, they need that crowd for, you know, to be feeling good. That crowd is going to give them at least one win. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. They need that kind of stuff. Um, as then, far as the East goes. Well, I was just going to say one more big thing in the West yeah. is is if Kawhi is going to be healthy for the Spurs by the yeah, time the playoffs weird, roll around. It's been a weird season for Kawhi, unfortunately. I hate to see this kind of season in the middle of your prime, but I still don't think it's anything that's too alarming. Yeah, I think as it's far just, as like I think it's just future. pop being pop and, yeah. the, and the Spurs doing things the Spurs way. Yeah, they're taking it slow. See, and th- we talk about it, and this could be frustrating for Kawhi. Oh, I'm um, sure he it's wants really frustrating. Be, he wants to be out there, but when the playoffs come around, they make a run, and if they get to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals, which they can do, um, it'll be all good. They, you know, Kawhi will be happy. It's 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 no problem once the playoff comes around. Uh, San Antonio is just a different team when the playoffs come come around. Yeah, who? So, what do you want to talk about in the East? Um, I just think. I'm, I'm more and more thinking like Toronto is the one to to really dethrone Cleveland this year. You think it's going to be Toronto? Yeah, I'm th- I, not not that I don't like Boston. I, I think this team's really good, but I think this team is more playing like out of their minds, kind of. They right really now. are. They're kind of trying to like. I don't know if they knew that they were going to be this good, you know. Uh, so I think that that they're more susceptible to losing some games because it's not that I don't like players like Jalen Brown and Tatum and and Horford, but. At the same time, I still think a lot of these guys that Cleveland and Toronto have can play against those guys just fine. Yeah. They're they, n- they're not guys that I, are like, I got to play Jason Tatum, who's a rookie. He's a great talent. But it's like, if I got to play him or Jalen Brown or Horford seven games, I'm not, like, worried about that. Right, Whereas, exactly. Whereas, like, I don't want to play LeBron for seven games. And Toronto's team core is so balanced. They've been together for so many runs. Yeah. And this Boston team is kind of just thrown together. Yeah, I think Toronto's is set up for a nice little playoff run, and yeah. and, and I think it, it the experience, the chemistry, all of that is going to help them more. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, and they, Boston, a, and they have a completely well-rounded team. I mean, oh, they're yeah. not missing anything. No, they and every checklist you want to do that you need on a, on a playoff team, they got. Yeah, they got a go-to guy. They got a great point guard. They got a big guy who can. They stretch got the rim floor. protection. They got stretch. Yeah. You know, yeah, they got three and D. They got all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but another interesting about the Toronto Raptors about the all-star game, it was funny watching Dwayne Casey coach Team LeBron, but DeMar DeRozan yeah, and, Kyle and Kyle Lowry, Lowry were yeah. on Team Steph. They probably love that. Yeah. That's the kind of good stuff. That 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 is what's good about the, the new all-star format. I like yeah. that. So also something that came out of the NBA today that was kind of shocking was a, a team owner being honest about tanking. The team owner. The, yeah, the team owner. The, so basically, the Jerry Jones of of the NBA. Yeah, and it just so hap- just so happens to be in Dallas as well. Yeah. So everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. So Mavericks owner Mark Cuban said on Julius Irving's podcast, "Shout out Dr. <laughs> J <laughs> for having a podcast." Yeah, he's got a podcast. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so Mark Cuban said to Julius Irving on the podcast, he had dinner with a bunch of his players the other night. And he told them straight up that losing the rest of the season was best for the franchise and their plans for – it was basically best for the franchise and their plans for the summer and the future. He said he laid out the team's plans for the players at dinner uh, and that honesty and transparency is key to being a player's owner. What, what, do, you, what do you make of this, Tyler? I mean, I, I'm I'm down with it. I mean, I think he's just being honest. It's which be, is it's, which is crazy. It's better to have transparent. It's better to have the transparency than to just like do what some of these other teams do. One hundred percent. Plus, I think that I I really do think 
the Lakers are helping it out, and there's in Milwaukee and Minnesota and these teams, and originally Golden State, they're building through the draft. It's not that I want, and obviously Philadelphia, it's not that I want to see teams tanking, but at this point in the season, there's nothing to play for. It's a strategic move, and there's no negative consequence to it. So if there's no negative consequence to it, you have every right to exercise that. And, uh, and this they're is, one piece away. They're not like a team that's that they have good young talent. They have a couple players they're excited for. They have veterans. Um, I think and Dallas is a great basketball city, so why not? Yeah, and this is also the last year before the the new draft lottery rules come into play. So this is the last year that the the team with the worst record in the NBA will have a twenty five percent chance of getting the first pick yeah, you have less. next year. It's going to be more of an even playing field to kind yeah. of get away from the tank. Yeah. Yeah. So, but well, okay. So yeah, exactly. it's even better while you have the opportunity to, there's no, there's no rules set against you to do that. Yeah. Philadelphia just did it. Why not? Why the not? Lakers, the Lakers did it, but they did it more unintentionally. Yeah. And that's, that's what I respect about Mark Cuban in this instance is the fact that he was being honest with not only his players, I think only one but his fans. the Lakers really did it. I think that well, year. last year, yeah. last year yeah. was the, really the only year they yeah. intentionally yeah, exactly. tanked. Exactly, and then they went on that like four or five game helped, winning streak because it, it really helped them in the draft. Yeah. they needed that pick. But in the end, they really ended up tanking for three years in a row. Yeah, and but it was due to a, injury, I don't think. I think they. Just, it was not just due to injury though; it was due to the striking out in the free agency. Yeah, injuries. Yeah, Kobe. Yeah. The first. Yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily tried to tank those first two years. Right. No. You they know, going didn't. into the off season, it's like Kobe. Uh, it's last year, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna try and get these free agents. Oh, we struck out, and then it's like, okay, now we need to rebuild. Yeah. Kobe's gone. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Dallas is smart for doing it, and it's good for Mark Cuban if he's going to do it to just be transparent about 100%. it. Hundred uh, percent, he's not lying. Um, and, and he's always and they're one po- dude. If with with Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith and and Dwight Powell's the Yogi nice Ferrell, Yo- Yogi Ferrell, they got they got pieces. Seth there. Curry, who's hurt this year, yeah, and he could play too. Um, so they'll be all right. Yeah, so I they could be good. I mean, if they get if they get a Marvin Bagley. Uh, or, or if they get, or if they get, you know, a Luka Don- Donich, Donkit, yeah, yeah, Donich. Uh, if they get someone like DeAndre Ayton or Muhammad Bamba, that's a good-looking team. All of a sudden, they, yeah. they're one player away from being back in the playoffs every year for the next ten years. Yeah. So that that kind of and they're traditionally good in the draft. I mean, they draft. Yeah, they well draft well throughout the entire draft. They've gotten great players no, at the end of the draft. Mark Cuban knows how to run an NBA team. Absolutely. He's he's one of so the good for him for being transferred. Yeah, he's one of the best owners in the NBA. One of the best owners in sports, probably. Yep. So that that wraps up the NBA talk uh, for this this episode. But I wanted I wanted to transition to the NFL draft and something been that, a while since we talked about some football. Yeah. But something, something interesting came out uh, a couple of days ago, but I thought it was very interesting. And I really think it's a, a good move. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, the Heisman winning Heisman trophy winning quarterback from the university of Oklahoma uh, said in a recent interview with NBC Dallas, that he will not be attending the NFL draft, which is going to be at AT&T stadium in Arlington this year. Uh, yeah, Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys play. Mayfield, he's a native Texan. He's from Austin. He's expected to be one of the first quarterbacks to be taken off the board, uh, and he could go as early as 11th to the Dolphins, according to multiple reports. I think 
that Baker Mayfield's decision to not attend the draft is one of the smartest things he's ever done. He has had a few off the field and on the field issues dealing mm-hmm. with maturity and things like that. Mm-hmm. So by him not being at the draft and being at home and watching it on TV completely eliminates the possibility of a situation where he's in the green room at the draft and he just keeps falling lower and lower and into a later round, kind of how Rogers. what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So I think I think this is a smart move by Baker Mayfield. It You see a lot of uh, – talented young guys it's a safe move for sure yeah you see a lot of talented young guys not attending the draft since they kind of have been moving locations of the draft miles garrett the number one overall pick last year wasn't at the draft yeah christian mccaffrey wasn't at the draft last year and he went eighth overall yeah i also understand the whole uh wanting to watch it with your family and having a party and you know being with all those people that got you there because i'm sure it gets pretty expensive trying to get tickets to the draft yeah yeah going to the draft would be dope i mean don't get me wrong i've I would probably go, but in his in his scenario, it's not it's not a horrible move. No, not at all. So I mean, I I, I think it's I think it's all right. I definitely think he's going to go in the first round. I'm not really worried about him being someone that gets left. Same. Um, I think he'll go in the top twenty just because I think this guy's a pro quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, who knows with today's day and age with all the stuff that has come out with him off the field and on yeah. the field. Yep. With the maturity issues, he, yeah, who knows he, what can happen? Yeah, he was compared to to uh, Johnny Manziel, and, and he got pissed about it. Yeah, he rejected it. Um, it. It was a weird rejection because he talked about how he said um, Johnny was a talent, and he's not a talent. He's a team guy, which I mean, I understand that he thinks he's a team guy, but but I his actions haven't really shown him being but, a team guy. And and Johnny Manziel and Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield coming out of high school were basically the same recruit. Exactly. Scouts.com and Rivals.com had them both as a three star quarterback. They both came out of Texas. ESPN's grade on Baker Mayfield was seventy, Manziel seventy eight. So it's not I mean, I get the, what he's saying. He's trying to be respectful to Manziel and and appreciate what Manziel's done. They both won the Heisman. Um, I think they're both going to get drafted, and I think I, I think Baker Mayfield's a much better individual player than Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel is just a scrambler. Yeah, who? But I think, but, but I think Baker Mayfield's kind of kid that I think when you when you're in a quarterback competition in the off season, I don't see Baker losing to very many people. No, because I think that once com- you get he has one, a competitive fire yeah, unlike any other. Yeah, I've once seen. you get him. It, once you get him going uh, with the other guys, I just think he's going to uh, rise above and win a starting job wherever he goes, almost wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand him rejecting it and saying Manziel is a talent, but I don't buy it. I mean, I think he's a much better player than Manziel is. So do I. But it'll be interesting to see if Manziel can make that comeback. He's he he's really trying to make that push to yeah, come back somehow. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's good to see that he's working on his game because quarterbacks. He's an athlete. He's he's good enough athlete, and he's a good enough football player with his anticipation and those like natural kind of things. That quarterbacks a very meticulous like position, so he, yeah, he can work on this technique and get better um, without being on a team it'll be interesting i think someone's obviously going to give him a shot i mean the meet the the pr play to bringing johnny menzel yeah. back for a comeback is co- need, probably he, tim tebow-esque yeah he needs to uh he needs to he needs to go to the right team for sure he needs to go yeah he needs to be put in the right, right position i you know my favorite spot right now that i've been kind of rolling with with johnny menzel is kansas city chiefs 
no Alex Smith. I think they're ready to go Mahomes. So I think they're really ready to hand him the rings. Uh, Andy Reid's a guy that brought in Michael Vick when yep. he was troubled. Andy Reid's a strong personality in the locker room. So I think they could bring in a Johnny Manziel to back up a Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, now you got a guy where if Mahomes goes down, the fans are ready for Manziel to be out there. Yeah, and, I mean, you, to kind of compare it to the NBA with, like, Blake Griffin going to Detroit and just strictly focusing on basketball, there's not really much to do in Kansas City There's not as many. for, like, nightlife and, yeah, and exactly. all of that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, distractions that have hurt Johnny Manziel in the past. Yeah, I, I mean, that's just kind of – I have never. I haven't heard that from any source of any kind. No, not at all. I haven't heard anything about speculations of where he could go. No, but this is all just. If us. I were just a spitball, where I think it'd be a great fit, I've been going with Manziel going to Kansas City, and I think Baker Mayfield's going to get drafted in the first round. I yeah, also he's think, a first round I also, talent. I also think that there's only a couple teams that can take him, and him not win the quarterback position. Yeah, I think he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to be a starter, week one probably. It wouldn't shock me. No. It would be – I mean, think if he could I, – I don't know. I don't have the draft uh, projections right in front of me. But if he slips and, like, someone like Minnesota has a pick, you know, Ooh. where they're going to they're gonna unload the couple guys they have. So, it's like he could go to – he could go to a good football team. Yeah. Or he could go somewhere and win the starting job. Yeah. So, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Draft's coming up in about two months. Yeah, month and a April, half. April, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, middle of April. Yeah, June. June is the NBA draft. June's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. April. Yeah, Jimmy April. Keep, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see where these quarterbacks go. I'm ready to see the Browns blow it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to blow it. Not, not a fan of them taking, uh, them taking Saquon Barkley. Uh, I just think, yeah. I just think there's other positions that they could fill talent. Although he's a stud, I, I think Duke Johnson's just fine. Uh, and to, Isaiah Crawl. Yeah, they need to fill fill other positions, but that's another story. Yeah. So we we previewed it at the the beginning of the show. Uh, Tyler and I have our, our top five sports top moments. Six. Well, yeah, top six. Yeah. Uh, because I I'm throwing one in there last second because Tyler kind of gave me the motivation for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, I mean, let's just let's start with. Let's just start. Tyler, okay. you want to go first? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with, uh, with one that's more of like a personal. Uh, Should we just do the personals first? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll, um, I'm going to say it's, it was uh, my first start of RC football as a quarterback. There you uh, go. I was a junior. It was against Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Um, that game was my career high in passing attempts. Hey. I just kind of got thrown into the mix. I, I came from a football school. We were 9-0 and the previous year. They were upset of the playoffs uh, in in round one to a team that went nine and zero in the season. So we probably shouldn't have been playing nine and zero versus nine and zero. But they had to forfeit two games because they played an ineligible player. Oh, but that guy was eligible now. So really, it's a nine and zero team. And uh, I played with a kid that I grew up next door to. His name was James Sabaki. He was like my be- one of my best friends growing up. And it was uh, he was playing wide receiver, so it was like backyard football that I had been growing up. Me yeah. throwing him the ball. Um, I got to I got to play with him, and he w- he only played two games his senior year before he went down with an injury. Is that um, the one you were telling me the the football coach now? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I'm okay. I'm pulling for him to win the head coaching job at my hometown. Um, and then I also uh, played both ways due to injury. So Ooh. my I can remember I can just remember the effort that I put in that game. I can remember the nerves coming into that game. I'm sure. And 
I went to a football school, so it was a, it was a big day for me. And I got to say, that's definitely a top top five moment uh, in sports for me. Okay. So so my personal moment, and I didn't I didn't really think about it until pretty pretty close to when we started doing this. Since you told me you had a couple personal yeah. moments in yours. Yep. Um, I was never a player that really got a lot of minutes in high school. I was more of a bench warmer, but I was a crowd favorite. There you go. So hey, that's that was, what you want. That that's what I'll always remember. That's what home court advantage is all about. Exactly. That's when the role players come in, they step up. And exactly. That's how you win games at home. Exactly. So, but I mean, my team, my senior year on varsity it was the only year I was on varsity. I started one game. It was senior day. There we go. But this isn't the game I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we won uh, the CIF Southern Section Division Three AA Championship, sixty nine to thirty nine. Which. With all this division crap going on in California, it's it doesn't sound as crazy, but winning championships in California is insane. Yeah, and and the Southern section is huge. Yeah, it, huge. I mean, it encompasses all of Southern California up yeah. to uh, I don't I don't even know how far up it goes. Yeah, but anyway, uh, we played South Torrance High School. We won sixty nine to thirty nine, but I played in like probably the last two or three minutes of the game because mm-hmm. we were up by so much. Yep. But I scored the last points my team had for that game. So I gave us our 68th and 69th points in the championship game. Hey, that's pretty sick, It was a a little turnaround (laughs) 15-footer. I haven't heard this story. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, What high school did you get to? Calabasas High School. It was our first first Southern Section Division Championship in basketball in school history. And you got any of those kids playing in college ball? Um. Yes, uh, we got Max Holtzel, Montana. Uh, he was injured that year. He tore his ACL over the summer before the. And season. Still went to Montana. No, his, I mean he changed his name. His last name is Max Holtzel. Oh. Now he goes by Max Montana. Oh, I got you. Um, but is he a rapper? No, <laughs> <laughs> but he's at San Diego State now. Oh, okay. Uh, he, there we go. He was he was at Indiana with Tom Crean. Then he transferred to San Diego State and played. Damn, Indiana. So he was. Yeah. That's legit. He played under Larry Fisher as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fab five. Yep. There we go. Um, and then our po- – but he didn't play that se- – that was his junior year of high school. Yeah. He tore his ACL in the summer before the season started, so okay. he didn't play at all. Um, and then our point guard is Jeremy Lieberman. You've run into him a couple of times yep. out in Calabasas. Yep. He was at Wyoming. His freshman year, Larry Nance was there. Um, but he's transferring this, he transferred this year to Cal Baptist university. This season is their first season as division one or and next he's, season. And next he's season. like the all time league scorer, right? Or something. He's like, pretty yeah. close. He's yeah. up there. Yeah. He just got his Jersey retired so uh, by the high school and I was there. So that was cool. Yeah. That's legit. Um, so we won in 2012. That was the first year. And then two years later they won it again with Jeremy. So he's a two time CIF champion. Yeah. But that team, my team, my senior year, we went twenty-eight and four. We ended the ga- we ended the season on a twelve-game winning streak, <laughs> and then lost to St. John Bosco in the second round of the state playoffs. And that team, had, which is Josh Rosen's high school, right? Yes, Josh Rosen's high school. The team we played in the second round of the state playoffs had Jordan Hamilton's younger brothers, Isaac Hamilton, who played at UTEP and then transferred to UCLA. And Daniel Hamilton, who went to UConn. Yeah, so they were stacked. Yeah. <laughs> we lost to them by four. So, I o- mean, these California high schools are crazy. Yeah, we lost We lost to St. John Bosco by four in overtime because our center 
or our power forward uh, fouled out with like two minutes to go in overtime. Gotcha. Yeah. But right. that that's my number yeah, one no, personal. That's, that's a good one. Just being at the top. Like, no, I, yeah, I got I got a ring for it. Yeah. Like, it, it's that memory yeah. will live on with me forever. I know. I never won a championship in any, uh, any high school sports or any AAU sports. Wow. Never won a championship. Crazy. I won a little league championship. I won. I mean, I guess, I guess my sophomore year we won the league championship, but I was a sophomore. Not, yeah. I was a sophomore. I mean, I was on varsity, but I didn't, I didn't have a major. I don't, I don't really take credit for anything that those guys did. Yeah. So. Um, but the second one, I got another personal one. Um, this was a crazy day just because it was kind of surreal, and it, it, was, it was cool to see someone that I was really close to um, go to the NFL. And that was in 2011. My uh, friend Caleb Schlotterhoff got drafted by the Green Bay Packers. That's awesome. In the sixth round, 179th pick. Uh, I can remember it like it was yesterday, living in Olympia, Washington. And then I, you know, I was close to him in high school, played football with him. It was close to he him. He was on your high school team? Yeah. yeah. Nice. He, was, he was a year older than me. We played together on two – two football teams um he played five years at utah i followed him super closely we were t- you know we we're close through all that and to see all you know a kid from your hometown a kid that you grew up with go to the nfl yeah. that was the kind of the first experience i had with that kind of stuff so that was really cool yeah so now i guess we'll just list the other ones that we have yeah that are these are just Moments that we either yeah. witnessed on TV or sports moments, man. Yeah, just our top five sports moments. Yeah. So what, what's your number one? The the number one's got to be the Seahawks win the Super Bowl over Peyton Manning and the yep. Broncos. Um, the first play that always comes to my head is the snap going over Peyton Manning's head for the first safety. one I just thought of. Uh, Forty three to eight, uh, which I think is the second biggest win in Super Bowl history. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, I mean that was a great moment. I didn't know I watched the Seahawks win it. Uh, that was that team was just amazing the entire year. Lob, yep. you know it was uh, lob it at was their the most, height. It was one of the most. It was the most marketable team Seattle had since the '90s with Payton and Kemp and and Griffey and A Rod and Randy and all those guys. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was just a, that was an awesome moment to watch. First year in California. First year I wasn't in Washington. Oh wow! They went and won the Super Bowl. So maybe you were the reason. Why I've they stayed away won. ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so my my number one is the Lakers beating the Celtics in 2010. It was back to back, Kobe's last ring, and just the revenge. Yeah, we got such over, a great over. The Celtics beating us in 2008. And that was a seven-game series. It was a seven-game series. I remember the Cla- de- the defense was insane that game. Yeah, um, classic Lakers-Celtics. Everyone was super tight. You know, it took a while for the game to even get going. Uh, that was a, that was a great moment. I remember and screaming at my TV for Ron Artest not to shoot that ball, and he shot yeah, it. And oh it yeah, went in yeah, and oh yeah, nuts. yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. I forgot about that one. And his post game press conference is one of the best post game press conferences ever. Everything that guy did was <laughs> was fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, Kobe, man, that was and Kobe getting getting two with those guys. And we should have won three in a row. We should have won three yeah. in a row. Yeah, they, but, the, the Lakers had no business losing in 08. No, but it's just I mean he did it with Powell. Gasol and Andrew Bynum. And Lamar Odom. And, and Lamar Odom. Three Vlad Rad. Yeah. No, that was a great team. That was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Sasha Vujic is clinching, clinching the game with those two free throws at the end. Yeah. Uh, the Just going off of that, my next moment I'm going to shout out is Kobe's last game as a Laker. Okay. Uh, arguably my favorite moment in NBA history, I think. Just because 
it just meant so much more than just like one game. You know, yeah. you you know what it's like to be Kobe fans or Kobe fans. Were you at Buffalo that night with us? Uh, I don't think so. No, Corey I, and I were at Buffalo that night yeah. for Kobe's last game. Yeah, no, I, I think I forget where I was in like an apartment of so like uh, I don't remember exactly where I was at. But were you Kobe, guys at Were you guys at Chandler or Tarzana then? Had to have been Tarzana. Yeah, Tarzana. I'm pretty sure. Um, but Kobe scores 16 his last game, and it just like. It embodied it embodied twenty years of a career into like one game. Um, Kobe's generation, the '96 draft class, uh, was who I like was. Yeah, I, that's, that's that's how we I was, grew up. That's with. how I was introduced to basketball, and then and then Kobe played for the Lakers all twenty years, um, and he was a scoring monster. And his whole career, he was told you know pass the ball more. And then his last game, they didn't want him to pass it once. Yeah, um, everything just fit perfectly. They came back from behind to win the game, and that—that's uh, where it really gets me when people say, "Oh, he, they let him get sixty. They let him get sixty. It was on no, fifty shots." No, I don't they, give a they damn. weren't going to win that game. They were losing that game, and he came back and had one. Not of only the, were they losing, they were losing a game that, like, they were just like, "You're not going to come back." Like, even yeah. if he does score a bunch, they're not going to come back. And they came back, and they won the game. Um, it, sixty points. He dropped the mic. Oh, yeah, that was great. It's just like it, – it was just like the perfect ending. So many people were in attendance. Yeah, that last uh, that last three minutes was just a vintage clutch Kobe performance. And when he had – you know, when when D'Angelo and Julius Randle – Yeah, and Jordan and Clarkson, Clarkson all came up hugging him. You know, it's like he ushered in this new – it was just perfect. It's perfect in all regards. Ushered in the new class while he walked away. Um, that was – like arguably my favorite moment in NBA history. Yeah, that it's weird that it it's weird that Kobe's last game in a meaningless game against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's nothing it's nothing sexy, but it's just like it it was it was the perfect ending. 100%. So the perfect career. 100%. So that's that's a little bit later on my list. My my second favorite moment in sports history is also something to do with Kobe, but it's his 81 point game. Mm-hmm. It was I'll never forget it. Sunday, January 22nd, 2006, those Sunday home whites, they were also losing that game. It just uh, – that was one of those things where, like, when you saw the first time you saw the alert or the first time you saw the update, you thought there was something wrong. Yeah. Like, and, like I'll, like, I'll never forget. I was watching the game at home. Like, th- that's one of those games where I will always remember where I was, the day it was, yeah. the actual date, year, all of that. It wasn't televised. I mean, it was. It was on. It was on NBA TV. It it wasn't nationally televised. No, no, no. It wasn't nationally televised. That's what I mean. Yeah, I I remember for years NBA TV used it as like, well, you know, like where were you watching the eighty-one point game? Yeah, the the NBA network is the only one that had it. Yeah, I mean, I watched that game on Fox Sports West. Yeah. Oh, the local channels. The local channel. Yeah, because I think they broadcast the Toronto. um, No. Broadcast. I watched it? it on. I watched. Or I mean, on NBA TV, I think it's like Toronto's broadcast. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's the Fox Sports West broadcast. It's the West. It's, okay. So Fox Sports West at the time was the Lakers broadcast partner. Yeah. Before they got their own channel. Before the whole. And yeah. I remember watching it on that channel. Yeah, I remember. Here's the crazy part. Joel Myers was the TV play-by-play announcer for the Lakers at the time. Yeah. He was sick that day, and Bill McDonald, who's the current. <laughs> play-by-play announcer for TV for the Lakers yeah, that sucks. filled in. That was his first game ever doing play-by-play for the Lakers. What a dead. Thank you, Kobe, for making it easy. Yeah. and That's badass. Yeah. So that that is the second 
Like, that's the, the second top moment. In, to the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like embodies Kobe as an individual. Exactly. Uh, the next one I got uh, is – you know, I've seen I've seen North Carolina win three championships in my life, um, but the 2009 team winning the national championship over Michigan State was a little different, just because I was I followed uh, this team so closely. Uh, Tyler Hansbrough was a senior that year, um, and I followed him so closely throughout his four years in North Carolina. He's he's my all time favorite uh, Tar Heel. Um, Psycho T was the man. Uh, <laughs> The, and they also had they also had future NBAers like Danny Green, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Ed Davis, Tyler Zeller, including Hansborough, were all on that team. They had eight McDonald's All Americans on that team. Yeah, that's insane. Um, they had gone to the Final Four the year before. So uh, Tyler Hansborough went Sweet Sixteen his freshman year, Elite Eight his sophomore year, Final Four his junior year, and then wins the national championship. Now that's how you do it. Wayne Ellington was most outstanding player of the tournament. Um, that 2009 team was just with Psycho T. was just uh, my favorite college team ever. Funny, funny story about Psycho T is I'll never forget. We got elbowed in the face by Gerald Henderson. No, when <laughs> uh, when he was in the NBA, he like got pushed in the back or something. And he turned around and saw it was Ron Artest, and then he was like, "Oh, never yeah. mind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a smart move. That's quite the awareness by Psycho T. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him hang a couple banners, but that's by far my uh, my favorite Tar Heel team. Yeah. So the next the next moment on my list is actually from just a couple of months ago, and we were doing this podcast. Yeah. When, when oh, it yeah. happened, yeah, yeah. Uh, was the Dodgers clinching the NL pennant in Chicago this past season? It was the first time the Dodgers ever went to the World Series in my lifetime. It was 29 years since the last time they had been in the World Series. Yep. I legitimately cried watching as they got the last out. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers – I mean, the Dodgers and the Lakers for me are, like, my two biggest, like those, – those are my teams. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah no matter absolutely. what. No, you saw your team make it. Yeah. That's, 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 it's, that's exactly how I feel about North Carolina. I mean, I just get so, like – emotionally wrapped up yeah. i don't see past them yeah it's like, not i'll never i'll never vote against them i'll never like you know what i mean i always pick them to win yeah i remember um, i went i went out before the game started i went and bought a bottle of champagne just in case they it's won. more of like when the seahawks won for me yeah. because the seahawks have only won one yeah uh you know, the Do- yeah, you've I've only ne- seen the dodgers win one uh, i've never seen the dodgers win one. or you or you hadn't seen them get to one yeah that's that's more what i, I still say. i i popped that champagne bottle after the game yeah, that's badass I, I wrote the score i wrote the date in gold marker like yeah. gold sharpie yeah, i still have like, the bottle you'll have it forever i'm sure yeah so that that to me is that's the third highest uh, sports moment that I've witnessed. Well, I got one more, and it, and it's not uh, it's one more personal one. But I had to say this for last because this <laughs> is just like this is probably my favorite sports moment of all time, and I think it's my favorite sports moment of all time because this is going to be that story that when I'm an old man, I just think it seems like one of those things where I think the numbers got inflated, but then but I truly know that the, the numbers did not get inflated on this story. It's it'll be one of those things where if I was a grandpa, they'd be like, "No, grandpa's fucking lying." You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, in seventh grade, AAU basketball, which was some of the funnest times of my entire life. Oh, who uh, doesn't? Tournament who basketball. Didn't love playing AAU basketball. Um, in seventh grade, uh, me and a good friend Chuck Vernon, we hit seventeen threes uh, in one basketball game. You combined. and Charlie combined hit. Me and seventeen Charlie, threes. He hit nine. I hit eight. We were damn near. Wow! It, it was almost a competition. Um, 
It was in Marysville, Washington, up in the Seattle area. Uh, we actually lost this game. How do you lose we, a game? We were not. What? We're the, okay, now I, I'm gonna. I only throwing the loss out because <laughs> I'm trying to be honest here. But we weren't a very good AAU team. You know what I mean? Like we didn't win it. We like okay. I said, I never won a championship. We didn't win tournaments. Um, we were competitive, but we weren't like a great team. Yeah. Um. So so this was like this was insane for us. We were playing teams that were like in a different league than we were really yeah. um we we scored almost all of the threes off of a swing play um basically one of us would be on one wing and then they would set we'd run the baseline they would yep. set three screens on the way to the next wing and we'd <laughs> pop a three um that's so, awesome so yeah man I, I i'll always remember that game and i know that we actually did it and it sounds you know hitting 17 threes as a seventh grader Sounds like something that's just like a tall tale. That's why yeah. I think I love the love the story because me and me and Chuck have been uh, me and Captain Chuck have been talking about this play for <laughs> this game forever. Um, so I got to shout it out as my number one sports moment that's, ever. That's awesome. Yeah. So I got I got two more, but one we already kind of talked about, and that's Kobe's Kobe last game. game. Yeah. Man. And I mean, this kind of kind of goes without saying, but it's it's the most points scored by any player in their last game in NBA history. Yeah. So I mean, that's just the icing on top. I don't think top. anyone's ever even to get close to that one. Yeah, but the next one, it, I didn't even watch. I was watching the game when it started, mm. but I didn't see the end. I heard the end. Yeah. But I didn't see the end. So this was back in 2006. I was I think I was in like sixth grade at the time. Um, my parents told me to go to bed during yeah. the Dodger game. Yeah. And I was like, the game, like, yeah. let me wa- let me just finish the end of the game. Yeah. But my dad looked at the score and was like, it's nine to five in the ninth inning. Yeah. Like they're not going to come back and win. Yeah. So I quickly get ready for bed, get in bed and turn on the radio in my room and put yeah. it really low. Yeah. So my parents couldn't hear <laughs> yeah, it in the other yeah. room. It was 9-5 to five in the ninth inning against the Padres, and the Dodgers needed a miracle. Jeff Kent hits a leadoff home run, followed by J.D. Drew hitting a home run. Then Russell Martin hits a home run. <laughs> and then Marlon Anderson hits a home run. Four home runs in a row to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Padres come back to score a run in the top of the tenth to make it 10-9 to nine going into the bottom of the tenth. And then No More Garcia Parra hits a two-run home run to walk it off in the bottom of the 10th, and the Dodgers win 11-10. to 10. This was two weeks before the regular season ended, and going into the game, the Padres had a half-game lead on the Dodgers. So, so the Dodgers good. overtook first place. Game with, and a half swing. Yeah. So it, it was crazy. Yeah, those are the good moments in sports. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of shit why you remember it. You were told to go to bed, and you're sneaking to listen to this basically, yeah. meet, you know, this is a regular baseball game. Yeah, and all five of those bats – immediately got sent to Cooperstown to the Hall of Fame. And all five of those bats are in the Hall of Fame now. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, because it was I'm it was like I think there's only been like four or five instances where a team has hit four home runs in a row. Yeah, to And the the, the one of the craziest parts about this is JD Drew was the second home run in these four for the Dodgers. Like I want to say maybe 3 or 4 maybe 5 years later. J.D. Drew was on the Red Sox, and he the Red Sox hit four in a row, and he was one of the four in those. So yeah, so he's he's he does that. So those are those those are my top moments in sports history. Yeah. Some good stuff there. Yeah, a lot of Kobe, a lot of Dodgers, a lot of Kobe, and a lot of Dodgers. Yes, yeah, it's not bad. 
it's been nice growing up in LA as a sports fan. Yeah. I've I've been spoiled, I must say. Makes it easy. Yeah. So few a few quick shout outs before before we get out of here. Yep. Yesterday it's a birthday edition. Yeah, this these are the birthday shout outs. So yesterday, Monday, February nineteenth, was Tyler's brother Nico's birthday. So shout out to the big yep. homie Nico Pacholki. Happy birthday, Nico. Twenty seven, that's crazy. Yeah. And then today, Tuesday, February 20th, is my sister Melanie's 21st birthday. That's a big one. So uh, happy birthday to you, Melanie. Happy I love birthday. you. I'm wearing, I'm wearing this Arizona, Arizona basketball, basketball shirt yeah. in, in honor of you bear, tonight, Melanie. Bear down or whatever they say. Yeah, bear, bear down <laughs> is what they say. Um, so happy 21st birthday, Melanie. Don't get too fucked up. Don't get too hammered. Or do. I mean, hey. You know, as long as you stay whatever. safe. Yeah, just be safe about it. But anyway, that wraps it up this week on the TSK Show. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at TSK Show. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. Like us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash TSK Show. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TSK Show, or just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We will be back next week with another great episode for you guys. Peace.